0: The pro-life movement is often associated with large-scale, politics-based events, like the appointment of pro-life judges or passing of anti-abortion policies, or throngs of pro-life marchers at our nation's capital each January, or protesting in front of abortion clinics. But a lot of what the pro-life movement really consists of is the unsung heroism of what Pope Francis calls our blue-jean saints, a mother who chooses to go through with a complicated pregnancy, A compassionate volunteer who supports vulnerable mothers with classes and donations, a calm presence praying outside an abortion clinic offering prayers for the protection of life, a fervent belief of their impact. Mary Sue Tarasi was all of those things. She embodied her passion for the pro-life movement in her daily life, and her efforts to build up a culture of life continue even after her death in 2019. Mary Sue's life is a testament to the impact of small acts made with heroic love. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. When Bill met Mary Sue, it was love at first sight.
1: Mary Sue was uh, just a is just a stunningly beautiful, beautiful person. I mean, outwardly, she's, she's, she's beautiful. And a lot of people have said that her outward beauty is just a dim reflection of her inner beauty. And she was that way all of her life. We married in 1986. We have four children, a son is the oldest, and three daughters.
0: Mary Sue confronted the issue of abortion personally when she and Bill found out they were expecting twins early in their marriage. It was a celebration that was quickly cut short.
1: When she was pregnant with my twins, our twins, back in 1988, she was diagnosed with uh, stage three, borderline stage four Hodgkin's disease while she was pregnant and she was in the high-risk pregnancy center for 75 days at Henry Ford, Maine, there in Detroit.
0: Hodgkin's lymphoma is a form of cancer which attacks the lymphatic system, which is part of your immune system. It's treatable. Around 70% of those with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma will survive for five years or more after being diagnosed. But it is treated with chemotherapy and sometimes radiation therapy, both treatments that are extremely harmful to babies in utero. Mary Sue had 14 specialists on her case, including a specialist brought in from Amsterdam, and they were all at odds about what to do.
1: They were debating for a long time on how to do this. Um, They said, we know what to do about premature twins, and we know what to do about stage three, stage four, Hodgkins. We don't know really what to do about both at the same time. So they said we have a bunch of neonatologists that want the babies to cook, and we have some neonatologists that either want to take the babies early or terminate, and in order to save—not neonatologists, oncologists that want to um, terminate and uh, and save save her, treat her, or take the babies early and take our chances. So. There was this tug of war between the neonatologists and and the uh, the oncologists that wanted to treat the disease, and uh, this did nothing more than to than to just steal her her conviction and our conviction.
0: Mary Sue refused the treatment that would be harmful for her babies. It was a big decision for Bill and Mary Sue. For a disease that, especially at the time, demanded early detection and treatment for survival, foregoing the treatment was a bold choice. But several months later, Mary Sue delivered two healthy baby twin girls, Elizabeth and Amy.
1: Lo and behold, uh, you know, long well, story short there, she, she birthed the babies. Uh, they were very premature, but um, they are now the healthiest, most durable, very excellent all-state athletes and everything, and uh, they lived a very beautiful, wonderful, healthy life.
0: The timing of these babies was profound. Born in the 1980s, on the heels of the groundbreaking Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion in 1973, abortion rates were at a historic high. There was something about being proposed the option to terminate repeatedly during her illness that emboldened her prior pro-life conviction. It became Mary Sue's mission.
1: As she grew older and she became a real activist on the pro-life movement, and uh, she became stronger and stronger over the years and more and more convicted, and uh, nothing was gray (laughs) to her.
0: Mary Sue was a geriatric nurse at a nursing home in Monroe, Michigan, a job she left when she chose to become a stay-at-home mom, only to return as a volunteer when her passion for the pro-life movement was fueled. Her new life scheduled volunteering for pro-life ministries and prayer with near-monastic rigor.
2: She was always praying, not just late at night, but even during the day, after dinner, she'd be on her knees. This is her daughter, Elizabeth. Some of the most vivid memories are when I would wake up in the middle of the night and she would be sitting on the top of the stairs praying the rosary and I would probably just be taking a bathroom break or something like that and she'd say hey Beth I'm, I'm saying a rosary for the unborn you want to join me and of course in my teenage years I said no I'm going to bed <laughs> um, so she was always praying not just late at night but even during the day, after dinner, she'd be on her knees, praying in front of the naked heart picture, um, in the car, on the way to school, on the way home from school, she'd be asking us to pray.
1: I mean, she was a geriatric nurse by career. And so her her passion to care for the elderly that were sick and invalid, um, that was that's just what she did. And uh, When she decided to forego that career for a while to be a stay-at-home mom, um, she eventually returned to that um, in the way of volunteership and and, uh, part-time employment. Um, Again, tending to the the elderly and and the uh, invalid elderly in particular and uh, would bring her guitar and sing to them and sing old religious songs to them. She volunteered at Heartbeat here in Monroe um, for several years um, as she was being a, a young mother, raising her own young kids and just finding the time in between all the stuff she had to do
0: Heartbeat of Monroe is a pro life organization that offers free services and education on pregnancy and parenting for mothers
1: so it would be her employment uh, uh nursing homes her um volunteer at, at ship at uh heartbeat and uh, Frenchtown township senior center and uh, and then the prayer vigils at the at the uh, Planned Parenthood centers.
3: It was always just
2: a very big part of our lives. I remember her helping at a local uh, organization called Heartbeat. She would go pray with women. She would counsel women. She would donate clothes for women in need um, who had children and weren't sure what to do. Um, So it was just, it was very much a a part of her day-to-day life.
3: I actually remember specifically going with her a few times to the adult daycare centers in Frenchtown. And she was just so warm and welcoming to the senior citizens. This is her
0: daughter, Amy.
3: She actually prepared for, <laughs> for these music therapy type sessions. Her and I would be at the house kind of gathering our music sheets and deciding what kinds of music we wanted to play. Um, we would practice the songs on our guitar and, you know, just gather everything up and then have it ready to go for the days that we were there with with the seniors. Seeing the smile on their faces were, it was just priceless, how much fun they were having, because music really does touch the soul. And it, it just really was a special way of caring for them as opposed to just like giving them their meds and having them do puzzles. It just it kind of helps them interact more and just be more lively and spirited.
0: While Mary Sue could bring joy and celebrate with some of those on the margins in her volunteering, she was painfully aware of the stakes of the pro-life debate. She had stared at them in the ultrasound images of her own very much alive daughters she'd been encouraged to abort. And this sorrowful recognition is what led Mary Sue from the gratifying music filled visits with the elderly and young mothers to the trenches of the issue, abortion clinics.
1: She um, was uh, an activist. We would go often go to the um, Planned Parenthood centers, abortion centers, and uh, you know do prayer vigils on the sidewalk. Sidewalk counseling, and she was deathly afraid, uh, uncertain of herself to uh, do sidewalk counseling. That she, you know, she just did not have that confidence, but she did it.
3: She always said. We don't know whose mind we're going to change unless they state it specifically, but if we can change one person's mind by being here today and speaking out and just praying, then we've done our job. You never know if someone has driven by or walked by or maybe has walked up into the clinic and, and has been pleaded with to change their mind. You never know if maybe they turned around on the other side of the building and left. Only God knows that.
0: Any woman that walked up to the abortion clinic to encounter Mary Sue wouldn't be confronted by the domineering, condemning voice that pro-lifers often get depicted as. They would have met the calm, soothing, gentle demeanor that Mary Sue came to embody.
3: She also told me a story about a... um, a friend from college of hers who had had an abortion she was explaining how one of her friends had confessed to having an abortion and how she felt so terribly for it and my mom wasn't judgmental at all she didn't like try to be condescending about you know the mistakes she made she was very very gentle and compassionate and explained to her friend that God is merciful and forgiving and that she can have a conversion and just accept any other children that he blesses her with later so you know her education there about not only the sanctity of life but the the mercy of god and how he's all forgiving and that anybody can change so i thought that was special too like she wasn't just trying to be like don't have an abortion this this is wrong She truly had the Christian, warm, comforting, compassionate mindset and heart towards everybody that she interacted with.
1: My oldest daughter likes to tell one of how when she was young, she accompanied her mom to, um, who just befriended and and, um, became supportive of a, a young mother that was considering abortion and wasn't sure she was ready to birth the baby and uh, my wife gave her so much love and support um, and reassurance that it was all going to be okay that uh, she she went forward with it even though she did not feel she was ready and um, my wife continued to support her with uh, after the birth was, you know, all kinds of support and and helping with childcare and helping with supplies and baby needs and and uh, all, all this good stuff.
0: twenty nine years after her Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis, Mary Sue was diagnosed with terminal mastastic cancer, believed to be the result of her prior radiation treatments. Bill retired to become her primary caregiver. The tireless devotion she felt for the pro-life movement would have to be restricted to her bed clasping that worn rosary she nearly always had at her side. On May 16th, 2019, Mary Sue died at 62 years old.
1: When she passed, of course, it was was devastating. It was a very, very hard several years, very difficult. And um, it was very difficult to, you know, I I donated or dedicated um, my life 24-7, twenty four seven taken care of her for several years that I said she the good Lord finally took her I said okay now what <laughs> now what purpose is there in life
0: Bill wanted to honor Mary Sue and her legacy in some way to take that relentless light of hers that poured love into every dark corner of the earth and keep it going the question was how
1: i I thought of of something supporting cancer because I had researched it so very, very hard. And I had talked to experts across the country, and including uh, naturopathic experts and integrative oncology experts, which, which employ both conventional and, and uh, an alternative means of treating cancer. And uh, I'm very, very, very convicted to that much more can be done than what is being done. And I thought of doing something in that regard. I guess you could say that that was kind of my passion.
0: But Bill realized that he didn't want to start an organization supporting his passion. This ministry was for Mary Sue. And once he made that realization, the foundation's purpose was clear.
1: I decided to forego that for a while and concentrate on, on her legacy, on her passion.
0: That desire birthed the Luce Vitae Mary Sue Tarasi Memorial Fund. Luce Vitae is Latin for right to life, an organization that sought not to be a competing entity to the many beautiful pro-life charitable organizations that Bill and his wife loved to support, but a scholarship fund that would challenge young minds to wrestle with the same pro-life issues that Mary Sue wrestled with from a hospital bed many years ago. They sold t-shirts to raise funds for the scholarship. They said Mary Sue's army on the front above tiny infant footprints, and an army was very much the intention to have the prayerful, persistent compassion of Mary Sue multiply in a younger generation of advocates.
1: Because we all knew that it was the younger generation that was going to carry this forward, we always have known that. And said, let's, all, let's create a scholarship to the young, to inspire the young generation to, uh, to be the leaders, to, to, to be the ones that, that really... Uh, carry the banner.
0: The scholarship fund would be an essay contest hosted by St. Mary's Catholic Central in Monroe, and would award a $1,500 scholarship toward the winning recipient. The first award was given last year in October. Bill's hope is to expand the program every year.
1: We're gonna expand it to other entities, like other other high schools and maybe public high schools, lots of very good Catholic and non-Catholic Christian families that have very strong pro-life uh, youngsters that uh, also deserve a, a chance to tell their story and, and to carry the banner.
0: Monica Burkhart, a freshman at St. Mary's, was the first scholarship winner. Um, I wrote about
2: how, um, as a Catholic, I'm pro-life in all aspects of life. That includes the unborn, um, the elderly, and just anyone, and that everyone deserves love, dignity, respect, I'm really honored to have won and I think that um, it, it gives me a little bit more confidence that I will be a better leader of the movement. I can be a good example to others that want to get involved in the movement.
0: That was Mary Sue's impact. She wasn't an isolated witness that left people in awe and then content to remain on the sidelines. She galvanized supporters for the movement, prayer warriors in the trenches believers speaking out on social media and in classrooms. What better legacy to leave than the spirit of Mary Sue in the hearts and minds of those who continue her work. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.